HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a full-service marketing and commerce platform that helps restaurants get discovered, make more money, and engage their diners. Join over 8,000 restaurants already using Bento Box today to deliver better hospitality. Visit getbento.com hrn today to get your first month free. That's getbento.com slash hrn. World Central Kitchen is serving thousands of fresh meals to Ukrainian families fleeing home, as well as people remaining in the country. This week on Let's Talk About Food, host Louisa Kasdan spoke with Henry Patterson about his upcoming relief trip. So you're going to Poland, and I think you told me you're going to be there for at least two weeks. I'm going to Poland to help feed Ukrainian refugees with Jose Andreas's World Central Kitchen. I decided that's what I wanted to do for my 70th birthday. I leave in just a few days. We all see that what the Russians are doing is contemptible. As a food person, we all love to help. It's in our DNA. And here are people who really need our help. So if you want to help the Ukrainian refugees, either with money or even your hands and heart, find hashtag Chefs for Ukraine and World Central Kitchen. We have to do something. We can help. Remember, hashtag Chefs for Ukraine. Welcome to Spill and Dish, a new podcast from the Specialty Food Association. Founded in 1952, SFA is the leading trade association and source of information about the $170 billion specialty food industry. We champion the food producers, retailers, and other buyers who make up the specialty food world. Each episode, we want to share the stories behind the products made and sold by our members who are helping shape the future of food. You can listen and discover the inspiration, recipe, craft, culture, ingredients, and production methods that help answer the question, what makes specialty food special? I'm today's host, Megan Rooney, Education Manager at SFA. We're excited to bring you today's episode and so happy to be working with Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit podcast network covering the f- world of food, drink, and agriculture, and expanding the way eaters think about food. Today's guest is Elizabeth Stein, CEO and founder of Purely Elizabeth, a company that specializes in nutritious, nutrient-dense breakfast foods, including the top-selling granola in the natural channel. 
with consumer health in mind, Elizabeth takes pride in sourcing ingredients based on their superior quality and nutritional benefits, dedicated to always staying one step ahead of the curve. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so Elizabeth, we met at Winter Fancy Food in Vegas, where I confessed my love for your products. And I know you've been super busy lately, so I really appreciate you taking the time to chat today. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. So let's get started. For the listeners that may not know, what does Purely Elizabeth produce? So we make delicious granola, oatmeal, and pancake mix. Awesome. And can you tell me a little bit about your background? How did you come to start a natural food company? How did the idea come about? Absolutely. So I certainly did not have any prior experience in food uh, before starting Purely Elizabeth. I was actually, at the time, a holistic nutrition counselor. So I was living in New York City and in 2007 had gone back to school to study holistic nutrition. And if I think back to that time, they were just, the program was so ahead of its time and really unlocking the idea of food as medicine, um, gut health, anti-inflammatory diet. And in that program also learned not only these concepts, but about ingredients like chia and coconut oil and, and coconut sugar and ingredients that at that time were really unknown and kind of part of like the raw food movement, which at the time was really the trend or the forward trend in food. And in that program, I had identified that, um, you know, I was feeling better on a gluten-free diet and I started to work with a lot of clients whom I put on a gluten-free diet and said like, you know, try going gluten-free for three weeks and then reintroduce gluten. And if you don't feel any different, then continue eating as you are. But if you feel better, then, you know, cut it out of your diet. And certainly many felt better. And it really came at that moment where I went to Whole Foods to look at what foods were gluten-free that I could not only eat myself, but recommend for clients. And everything in that set was super unhealthy. So it was loaded with refined flours and sugars. And not only was it not healthy, but it really didn't taste great. And so that was a moment subconsciously where I thought, God, there has to be a better product in the market that doesn't sacrifice on taste and has amazing nutritional value. And so at the moment, that was a subconscious idea. And ultimately, um, I was a big triathlete at the time, and I had gone to a uh, triathlon in Westchester, New York to promote my nutrition practice. It was really nothing more than that. I had a booth at the expo um, the day before the race when everyone comes and gets their number. And the night mm -hmm. before the race, I decided, you know what, <laughs> this was now 2008 and it wasn't exactly the sexiest thing to talk about health and wellness like it is today. And so I decided I needed to make some free food samples to get people to mm -hmm. come to my booth. So I made this batch of delicious blueberry muffins that were loaded with all the good things, almond flour, millet flour, chia, hemp, flax. And I handed out the muffins at the race and nobody was really so interested in my nutrition practice. Everybody just wanted to know where they could buy these delicious muffins post 
triathlon expo. Um, so that was really the moment where person after person asked the same thing. The light bulb went off, aha moment. And I kind of pivoted what I was selling at this race. And instead of telling people about nutrition, I said, well, you know what, when you sign up for my newsletter, I'll let you know when the products will be available. And that was Mm -hmm. really the moment where things changed. And that year, I kind of put it on the back burner. Um, I was doing nutrition counseling and a couple months before the race, I had decided, you know what, I have this captive audience. Let me, uh, you know, put together some muffin mixes to sell and it'll be a side hustle and we'll see what happens. And so I did go to fancy food that summer, certainly mm-hmm. to look at packaging. And so there was intention behind, you know, that piece of it, but I didn't put together a business plan. It was really just I got my packaging in order and I knew exactly what I wanted it to look like. And I launched at this triathlon a year later. And a couple of days after launching, I got incredible press from Daily Candy, which was the big news outlet at the time. And within three hours of their email blast going out, I had about $10,000 of orders. Uh, hardly enough to product to ship out, but that was wow. really um, how we started. And that was the launch of Purely Elizabeth. Amazing. So you identified a a gap in the market and you filled it. Wow. That's awesome. So you mentioned 2008. How many years have you been in the industry? So we officially launched October of 2009. So it'll be 12 years in October, which is wild. Congrats. That's an accomplishment. (laughs) Where did your love of food come from? I would say that I always had a love of food. Um, If I think back, my mom was always a a really good cook, and we loved to cook and bake together. My grandfather was a a big foodie. Um, He was kind of – people called him like the candy man. So food was definitely a big part of my family, and I – I'm fortunate that I think I always had like a very good relationship with food and just kind of the joy that it brought. Did your parents encourage you to eat better for you foods or did they use better for you ingredients in their cooking or was that something that you kind of came to on your own? You know, my at the time, I don't think that I realized it, but looking back, my mom was definitely ahead of the curve. So she was definitely exploring more forward thinking. Like she was going to Kenyon Ranch way back in the day before Mark Hyman was a functional doctor and just getting his start there. So she definitely brought, you know, what at the time, what we thought was healthy, certainly now looking back, it wasn't necessarily the healthiest things, but she was definitely introducing healthier options in our home, but nothing was ever off limits. And so I do think, you know, as I look back of like having that healthy relationship that while we ate probably some healthier things, it was never like, hey, you can't have this. Um, Anything was possible. Yeah, more of a balanced situation. What were some of the obstacles you faced in bringing your brand to market? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in the beginning, I would say, you know, that first year, we were so fortunate to get this amazing press. And, you know, as I look back now, it's like press is so different. Uh, You know, social media certainly didn't exist. And so you could have 
in a press piece like this that truly changed your business. And I now know talking to so many people that Daily Candy was like the start and the launch for so many businesses in that time. So I certainly didn't know anything about the food industry. I mean, literally, like I didn't know what a distributor was. I didn't know what a co-packer was. I, I knew that nothing. And so it was learning very quickly and just deep diving and researching and kind of figuring out all those parts because all of a sudden within like three days I had a business. Um, so that was definitely, you know, a difficult thing, but when you're so engaged and enamored with what's happening, you know, it's all, it's all fun and exciting. And I think that nativity is really helpful. Um, but probably the biggest obstacle in the beginning was really switching from using a commercial kitchen. So for that first year and a half, I was living in New York City. I'm from Philadelphia. And it was hard to find a commercial kitchen in New York. And so I found one in Philadelphia where my mom lived and had some other uh, friends of the family who could help. And so I drove a couple days a week back and forth from New York, filling up my car full of product, like to the brim that I couldn't see out the back. <laughs> and um, ultimately use that year to try to find a co-packer. And so that was a really big struggle of finding somebody who was small enough, who was willing to take our business. We were, you know, some allergen free, gluten free, but we also had almond flour. So all those particulars um, was definitely one of the biggest challenges. And then the biggest moment of like, hey, do I take this leap and go from kind of self-manufacturing, which was I wouldn't even call it self-manufacturing, but mixing a product in a, in a commercial mm -hmm. kitchen to what at the time felt like a huge decision to like scale and go to a coat packer. Wow. Yeah. Lots of our members have co-packing questions often. And I'm sure that when you were creating a product like you have back then, it was probably so much more challenging than it is now to find a co-packer that can help you. For sure. There were so few. And gluten-free at the time was like such a, no a new thing that um, that just made it that much more challenging. Totally. What are some things that you'd do differently if you could start over? Great question. Um, you know, I think as I talked about like being naive at the beginning, I, I do think that that really did <laughs> serve me very well. I think you know, if, if you knew all the things about starting a food brand before you started, it may make you not want to start. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's a very complex, um, difficult business where, you know, so many, the percentage of businesses that fail, you know, across the board, but in this industry, I think is so high that I'm thankful I didn't know a lot of the things. Um, I do think, one of the things that would be very helpful in the beginning that I didn't know certainly was like really understanding margin and the pricing structure of working with a distributor and then how that gets marked up to the retailer. And so really setting yourself up from the beginning to have that correct structure so that, you know, 10 years later, you're, you're set up for success or right away you're set up for success, but really to be able to understand that and how important that is in the future. 
Totally. We have a basics program for people that are new to the industry and pricing is one of the sessions that we include. And people always say that that's one of the most helpful ones. Um, so what was the biggest surprise about getting involved in the specialty food trade? I think probably one of the biggest surprises was how welcoming everyone in the industry was and is. So I had worked in the handbag industry prior to this, and it was definitely, <laughs> I don't know, more competitive, could you say? It was definitely a different vibe to it. And I think originally, you know, starting out, I couldn't believe how kind everybody was and how welcoming. And if you had questions, you know, people willing to answer anything. And so that was very refreshing and very helpful, certainly for someone who didn't know very much at all. Um, I think it's something that's very unique with our within our industry. And when you have so many people who come into this industry with a true passion for wanting change or for the food, I think it's really different than a lot of industries. Um, so I feel very fortunate for that. And, you know, certainly today and through the years, I've wanted to really pay that forward in helping other founders and entrepreneurs where I really found that so useful. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Were there any pieces of advice that kind of stuck with you that you received at the beginning? The biggest one that I always say that I remember was meeting Justin um, from Justin's Nut Butter, who was a huge inspiration to me at the time. I mean, half the reason that I named my company Purely Elizabeth was that as a consumer, Justin's resonated with me so much having that personal connection with his name. So that was, he was a huge inspiration, but I met him at our first show and I can't remember if it was Fancy Food or Expo, but he had just said like, this is going to be a roller coaster and there are total highs and total lows. And it's just about like being even keeled throughout and not getting too extreme because you know that it's going to be um, those highs and lows. So that's something that's really stuck with me and something that I think I've done really well to kind of not sweat the small stuff or the big stuff for that matter. I love that. How has your brand evolved? You know, as I look back to the beginning, so much has stayed the same. I think, you know, I came into this as a holistic nutrition counselor. I was working, you know, with 15 clients and it was like this working with clients was my way to help people eat, live a healthier, healthy, happier life. And then coming into Purely Elizabeth, it was like, wow, I can do this at a much greater scale. And really the mission from the beginning was to create a platform to help people on their wellness journey, starting with food, but not ending with food, like really wanting to create this lifestyle platform where we're providing our community with recipes and health tips and all of those good things. And so the mission and our North Star has really stayed the same. Um, you know, always wanting to create products using nutrient-rich, innovative ingredients, kind of staying ahead of the curve, 
never really creating those me too um, products to really stand out. And um, so all of that has remained the same. I would say the brand has evolved now in we're actually having our first big brand refresh. So it will be coming out in June and it's just a little more fun and bringing um, more personal touch and personality to the brand, bringing me more to the forefront and to have that connection and bringing our delicious taste to the to the packaging because it's something that I think was kind of missing and that's what we're known for. I can attest the packaging is beautiful. I saw oh, it thank a week you. ago. Um, I was able to taste your three new granola flavors at Winter Fancy Food. They're amazing. Where do you find inspiration for new flavors? And also, as you mentioned, staying ahead of the curve in terms of beneficial ingredients like MCT oil, collagen in your products? Yeah. So as far as ingredients and staying ahead of the curve, like MCT or collagen, I really look, like take a step back to say, what is true factual nutrition that I believe? So something like an anti-inflammatory diet or that like gut health is the future of health. And following, you know, the different functional doctors that I do, like really staying ahead on that nutrition information. And then from there, kind of looking, okay, well, if, if gut health is the future, like how do we help bring those elements to improve gut health into the food um, and, and kind of looking at it from that angle? And from a flavor perspective, I think just being a foodie and, the, and going and eating out and being inspired by, you know, a meal on, um, you know, somewhere in Boulder or traveling. And I think a lot of times on my travels is where I get the most inspiration for flavors and um, any sort of ideas. Great. And what do you want people to know about your brand that they might not know? That we are the best tasting. <laughs> <laughs> that both taste and nutrition can successfully come together. And that I think why we've been successful is that whether you're health conscious or not, you're going to pick up a bag of the granola and be like, this is delicious and I can't put it down. 100%. We're almost out of time, but before you go, we'd like for you to participate in our final segment, Take 5, Five Questions for Our Guest. First, let's pause for a break. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a restaurant marketing and commerce platform that helps you get discovered, make more money, and engage your diners so you can deliver great hospitality, both in person and online. Did you know that over 70% of diners research a restaurant online before going in person? Your digital front door is more important than ever. Let Bento Box design and build you a website with online ordering and catering, e-commerce, and event management that is optimized specifically for restaurants. With built-in marketing tools like SEO and automated email campaigns, keeping your diners engaged and coming back has never been easier. Join over 8,000 restaurants that leverage Bento Box to power their digital presence and deliver great hospitality. Visit getbento.com slash HRN today to get your first month free. That's getbento.com slash 
HRM. I want to tell you about HRN's business membership drive. We all know that small businesses keep our communities vibrant. For $500, HRN will shine a light on your work and you will help sustain our mission to expand the way people think about food. This fundraiser will support not just my show, but the amazing HRN community of food podcasts. As a thank you for this tax-deductible donation, your business will receive on-air mentions, social media posts, listings on our website, and more. Go to heritageradionetwork.org biz to become a business member today. That's heritageradionetwork.org B-I-Z. Thank you. Welcome back. I'm Megan Rooney of SFA, speaking with Elizabeth Stein of Purely Elizabeth. Let's jump into five questions for our final segment, take five. So your first question, Elizabeth, what is your favorite thing about the specialty food industry? Oh, (laughs) these are hard questions. Um, (laughs) My favorite thing about the specialty food industry is really looking at all of the innovation and flavors that come out of it. It's totally inspiring as I think about like being at a fancy food show to see what everybody is doing and the creativity that exists within the the industry. Number two, what is one thing that SFA has made easier for you as a specialty food business owner? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is being at fancy food show and being able to connect with retailers. One of my first early shows This is a little bit of a story, but we lost our booth at the show and I was like devastated. And so we had to quickly go to Kinko's and mock up a sign. And long story short, the Target buyer came to our booth at that show. And that was how we got into Target. And that really set us on a path of a whole different trajectory for the business. That's a great story. I discovered you at Target. So (sighs) I'm grateful that you lost your booth at Fancy Food. (laughs) (laughs) If you weren't running a business, what would you be doing? I'd be cooking in some capacity. Cool. What's the one piece of advice you'd give a new food business? To just go for it and not worry about what you don't know. And lastly, how do you define specialty food? I define specialty food as artisanal, like high quality upgrade from the regular. And you guys really embody that. (laughs) Elizabeth, (laughs) thanks again for speaking with me today. Before we go, please tell everyone where they can find you. You can find us on purelyelizabeth.com in retailers nationwide from Whole Foods and Target and everywhere in between, and on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth. And be sure to check out Elizabeth's podcast, Live Purely, as well. She features some really inspiring founders and brands. You can find out more about this show at specialtyfood.com and heritageradionetwork.org. And remember to follow wherever you get your podcasts. Come back often to get to know the people who are shaping the future of food. Special thanks to Elizabeth Stein and to Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. This is Spill and Dish, a specialty food association podcast.